welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show podcast. And we're going to turn the tables a little bit differently today. So I've this is the beginning of season three, and I've not recently been long back from the Camino de Santiago. And um, there is a man I hold not solely responsible, but partly responsible for um, getting me on the Camino. He's a wonderful friend of mine called Dan Jarvis. Hello, Dan. How are you today? I am good, thank you. And it's nice to be blamed for something good. Something <laughs> for once. No, it was. It's uh, yes, it was very, very good. So, but we, like I say, I'm gonna we're gonna change the gonna turn the tables ever so slightly. And for for the first time ever on the Sue Simpson podcast, somebody else is gonna ask me the questions. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to being in the uh, in the driving seat of this one. Um, I. Well, I might as well just get going with it, yeah. really, because we are on a limited time with Zoom. So I wanted you to let myself and the listeners know, when did you first hear about the Camino? When, when did this spark ignite, as it were? Uh, I watched the movie uh, The Way with, oh, what's his name again? Uh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yes, about sort of 10-ish years ago. And I thought, oh, that's a, a wonderful, amazing idea. But... The next day, no, that's silly. That's 500 miles. Why would I want to do that? Uh, but that was the beginning um, a long time ago. When first, that's when I thought that might be fun. Um, but then also thought, no, that's crazy. I mean, I've watched films set, you know, on desert islands, on, you know, amazing waterfalls, you know, great beaches, all of that. But that hasn't really stayed with me for like 10 years, like the community did with you. and. Why, why do you think it stayed with you and, and what made you finally kind of lace up your boots and go and walk it, do you think? Well, for me, it wasn't about a holiday. It wasn't about going to Spain specifically. It was when, what I saw in the movie was a, a transformative effect of a pilgrimage, of a journey that somebody went on um, who really didn't want to do it. And that's kind of what I felt for myself. It wasn't something I wanted to do. It was something that really called me and there was kind of like and actually throughout throughout almost throughout the pilgrimage up to a certain point and also beforehand it was just like I don't want to do this I know that I have to do it because it keeps calling me but I don't want to do it and I can so that's what the movie kind of did for me it was kind of like, right I want that change I want there's a I've reached a very difficult part of my life uh and I wasn't in a, a good place mentally um and I needed something a catalyst some sort of some form of I need a change and that's what kind of the that's why the movie stuck with me I think and do you think the Camino draws people with questions with people needing change would you say mm, absolutely I mean because everybody who, who I met on my, on my Camino uh, everybody was asking something even if they didn't know themselves because even the, so there was a lot of people or some people who were quite closed off you go, I'm just here for a walk. I'm just a sporty person. I'm like, nobody nobody comes for a 500-mile walk just for fun. I'm sorry. That's, that's absolute, that's rubbish. <laughs> so, so every single person I met was asking some question or other, whether, whether they knew it or not. And the Camino probably provides a space for people to begin, even if it's not, even if they're not going to get the answers, but provides a space for them to ask the questions. And I know when you and I first talked about the Camino and your desire to do that, you had, it's fair to say, a, a few anxieties about traveling mm. and, and getting there and what you would meet or face when you set off. 
were any of those fears realized no <laughs> um i didn't get lost at all i was uh, actually no i almost got lost Exactly. I made, I made a really good friend on about day two, day three, called Andre. I stopped in Orison because basically in my mind it was like, oh, good, I'm panicking because because of my attention deficit disorder. I'm going to get lost along the way. I've never travelled abroad on my own um, for a long period, like, like properly on my own. Um, and I thought I'd get lost on the way to getting to Saint-Jean, et cetera, et cetera. But it all went swimmingly. I didn't get any blisters. I didn't get lost. I didn't, no. I, it was absolutely, so I, I didn't, I did, because I was so anxious beforehand, I did so much research uh, and, and I stuck to the things which I thought this is going to help me survive to, to get, and actually, so Andrew was so amazingly helpful about actually helping me not get lost uh, because he was German, very, very efficient. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it was it was great for me because I just met. We didn't walk together constantly. It was like um, so we'd start the day, and he would like I might go on further or he might. Attack, but we'd all we'd always meet up at the end of the day, and it was only like yeah. once or twice um, where we just didn't need to do that. And, but uh, and but I kept myself hydrated. I did all the stuff I needed to do with feet. I did yoga. Um, I ate properly. I, I ate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, I was just, and the most important advice which you give me was that listen to your body, and yeah. and I was kind of like, okay, and because I saw people pushing hard, and, and and then we it was like we ended up caught, catching up with them because they'd pushed too hard or they broke themselves, and it was kind of like okay, so it was very tortoise and hare. Do you know what I mean? I know when we spoke as well that I'd advised you to do a bit of training, get used to your mm. gear. I think you did some of that. Do you think that helped you in any way, or do you would it just a case of I'll just go slow and I won't need to train? Oh no, it, was, it helped me massively. So I, I did about three months. I, I trained for about the first two months without the pack because I didn't have the pack at that point, just to get myself used to walking every day. Um, and I slowly built it up and built it up, and then I got the pack, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and that really sort of did other things to different muscles um so i did that for about, about a month ish uh and it, but it really did help and then i met andre and I said so what training did you do before you got here he's like well i went to the fridge and then uh, i opened the fridge and then i went to the sofa and i did the same thing over and over again <laughs> so he did didn't suffer at all uh Yes, yeah, ah. yeah, yes, he did, he did. Uh, but to, to begin, but uh, but after a couple of weeks, he got used to it, and into he, he lost a lot of weight. Um, I, was, I was so proud of him, but because he did go to lose weight, but by the end of it, um, he'd he'd lost like sixteen pounds or something. Yeah, but it was about yeah, it was uh, you could see it dropping off him as he was going along along the journey. It was it was really beautiful to watch. Yeah. So can you maybe describe to me your first kind of first day on the Camino, your first time in St. John, you've pushed through all those fears, you've mm -hmm. kind of taken a long journey, you've taken the Eurostar to Paris, then you've taken a train to Bayonne, I know you told me about that. How did you feel when you, did you come in on the train? No, I came in on the, so there was a replacement bus after Bayonne. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it was like, oh, and, this, and, then, and then I had to try and speak to somebody in French and, it was like, and I had to have no French at all. So I did the whole Google Translate thing. Um, and they're like, oh, no, so they just started pointing. And saying, so I vaguely, I was like, okay, follow the other people with backpacks. 
basically. And that took me to where, where the bus was. And I got into Saint-Jean. And the, when, when I got off the bus, I was like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> uh, but I was still really kind of like, I was really anxious. And, yeah. But I was just like, no, just do this at your own pace. It's okay. Be, be meditative. Breathe. Calm down. Um, and like, everybody's walking. Every single person was like every single person who was on that bus got, were going before me. And the only person who was left behind was a, some old guy who was waiting for a taxi <laughs> to take him into town. Um, but I was like, no, that's okay. This is my thing. This is my pace. I don't need to. That was the first lesson on the first day. It was like, yeah. this is this is up to you and you go at your pace. And it, means, it made me really very much aware of my attention deficit stuff and realized, realizing that I'm walking with um, what is classed as a disability. Um, and I have to not be as harsh on myself, not judge myself as harshly as I have been in the past. Uh, so that was, it was amazing that the moment I got to France, I, I'm already learning lessons about who I am. Um, and then I sort of followed my little Google Maps thing, took me up to, to Saint-Jean and found the, the first albergue, which I was booked in, and it was so welcoming. It was it was amazing. Um, I can't remember the guy's name who I met, but the person who ran the albergue, um, he was it was his house. Um, it was all they had a yoga room and a meditation space. It was already somewhere I could just like go and oh, I, didn't, I wasn't just thrown in and like my head was buzz, buzzing. I just had a space to kind of go and go. Just breathe, it's fine. And um, but the paranoia around bed bugs was like, so I'm checking underneath <laughs> the things. I got okay. So it's like it's like day one. Where is no no no? It's okay. It's only the first day. Um. So yeah, that was was great. And then I just sort of walked around and people were so friendly and so chatty, like every single person. And because everybody was kind of like in the same boat, uh, it was so exciting. But then a lot of Americans and who were extremely talkative and very, very chatty. Um, uh, and I didn't get eaten by bedbugs. I got eaten by mosquitoes on the first night. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, was like okay, insects. They don't seem to do uh, aircon out there. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, the guy who ran the albergue, it was about four weeks later, I'm walking with Andre, I'm in the thing, and I'm, kind of, I'm in this bar in the middle of nowhere, and, and I'm looking at this guy, going, I know him. And and he's looking at me, going, and he just went, Saint-Jean. I went, yes. I, I mean, he went, oh, you're, you're the guy who runs the albergue. And so he'd uh, and he so he decided a few weeks later that he was going to get on his bike and do the, because he, he moved there from England years ago, no. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, and then he just decided to, to carry on. Uh, so that was and, and just to do that because he wanted to do some of the Camino himself. So it was just like it was one of those weird like, oh, well, you do meet people again, but the, you would also meet the people that you're not expecting to meet again as well. <laughs> I mean, you touched on there about what you described as a you know disability, your ADHD, and that you found time to be able to come away from. You know, decompress as it were. Mm. What would you maybe say to people who have kind of some mental health problems or a disability? You know, maybe anxiety, depression, things like that. Who are maybe thinking that I don't know if the Camino is for me. I don't know if I could cope with the Camino. Obviously, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to something like that? I would say listen to your to your inner voice and also kind of try and be still 
um, and meditate on it before you make any big decisions. Because what I've what I've taken from the community, because I've met so a lot of people say I would recommend the community to everybody. I, I personally wouldn't recommend the community to everybody. I've got I know some friends who I go, you couldn't handle this, and I don't mean that in a nasty negative way. There's some people I, I just know aren't ready. Uh, they're not because you do have to have a certain level of strength. Um, but what I will say on, on the back of that is that I was stronger than I ever thought that I was. I was absolutely, because there's a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of doubt. And then, so if you can feel like some little glimpse of light uh, or a glimmer of hope, then that might be an indication that you might be a little bit stronger than you think you are and just hold on to that idea. Um, definitely if there are if it's a physical disability talk to your doctor um but that's with people like with depression and things like, I, I would say that is incredible for that for the for your sense of sense of self-worth sense of self-esteem um and you can work through some of those things because of my adhd it's a comorbid thing so depression i've had in the past um is because of, of my adhd um because it's a, like i say it's comorbid and it's quite a complex um, disability and over the years uh, negativity a negative impulse has been put into my brain because of society because of my upbringing etc 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 but having said that the Camino can really help with that stuff so it's very much an individual thing um, but don't use me saying it's not for everybody as an excuse to not try <laughs> well i think with everybody you know everyone knows what you'd like to think they know themselves and they know their limits and it's just mm -hmm. it was more about you know i have my fears and i faced i face my fears every time i go but mm -hmm. my fears are different to your fears and i was just interested to get your perspective on that yeah it's kind of sticking with you know fears and things did you have because lots of people talk about the joys of the camino and it's amazing and I have a Vino Camino and it's all crazy, fun, fun, fun. But mm. what a lot of people don't talk about is the hard days. And those hard days, I find, make the good days even better. Yeah. Did you kind of face any adversity or tough times yeah. along the Camino? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, uh, it was in people that you, even the things when you, people that you get close to, uh, and you and you go, I love them, but they're really annoying me right now, um, because because there's something you, go, you sometimes you just can't get away from people. So there's things that are, um, and then and then eventually they do go away because they always have to because they have to go back home at some point. And then you go, oh god, I actually, or, or you get split up at some point. And then you go, oh, I kind of miss them. So there's mm -hmm. there's there's moments of that because they become really do become like family. It's really odd, but like so we had somebody in the group who was very motherly. Um, but also what comes with that is somebody who can be quite controlling. So they, then you end up in a kind of situation where you're going, look, I'm, look, I'm a grown person. Do not try and control me. It really annoys me. <laughs> so there's like moments like that. But then there's the, the physical stuff. Uh, one day I was in uh, Galicia. Galicia is known as the, the urinal of Spain because it rains so much. Uh, and I was just getting yeah, the the urinal. It's not, yeah, it's one of the, it's one of its nicknames is the urinal of Spain. I don't know if you know oh, that. I thought it's because there's lots of pilgrims weighing in bushes and well, there could be that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
there was one day I was just I was just drenched from head to foot, like uh, inside, like all my felt like it was like I was inside and all way down in my underwear, and I was so and it was windy. I was walking over mountains, and I was just and I was actually was like, there's a, a video of me somewhere kind of going this f this f this i'm gonna go home i'm sick of it i've had enough i'm raw <laughs> very 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 angry and was... the next person who says bring camino <laughs> yeah exactly i was like take this pole and you know when you're gonna shove it sideways <laughs> i ended up actually i was so i was so and that's kind of a, a part of the adhd stuff is that we we react quite um viscerally to to most situations um and I didn't know this until my diagnosis last year, but we can react quite sort of violently, not towards other people, but sort of inwardly, uh, and be quite dramatic about kind of how we feel about stuff, because um, I can feel things quite quite intensely without being able to control um, the emotional output, whether it's sadness or anger, or uh, it can be quite sort of volatile. But I was on my own, and I had and I had me paused. I was so annoyed, and I came just came across this lamppost, and I just started whacking the lamppost with my with my stick. And it sort of bent one way, so that I had to try and bend it back the other way. Um, but anyway, then it got to about eleven o'clock in the morning. I found found a bar. My friends turned up eventually, um, and it was like I know it's like not even not even eleven, but I'm having a coffee and a brandy, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. Um, so there are moments like that when you just go, I just can't take any more like pain physically, mentally, and you just feel like you can't. And then your friend turns up and they go, and you get a little bit dry, you bring up your socks, uh, the brandy starts working, and you're also going, okay, I'll just have a little whinge, 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 whinge. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and then, then you just keep going, and then you get to the your next stop, and it's uh, and you you dry your clothes off, and you get chains, and you like you better go. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? It's uh, yeah. So there's the, there are there are those moments, um, but then you get the joyous, like you're saying that the joyous other side of things as well. So you've talked on and off. You know, we've we've heard about different people you've met and things like that, which leads me to my question about. The Camino family, the famous phrase, the Camino family. What does that phrase mean to you, the Camino family, your Camino family? It's made me actually a bit teary thinking about it. Because oh. um, I heard it and you don't really, you can't really understand it until uh, until, you, until you're there. It's a really odd thing. And now I feel as if these is a handful of people that I've met. Um, Andre, Annika, Rebecca, Marta. Uh, and Zofia, these are these are my like my and Debbie as well, <laughs> um, my, my core people uh, who 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 met on this thing, and certainly myself, Andre, and Marta. There was something extremely special um, that I would, and I, on some levels, I'm like, it's going to sound really stupidly hippie-ish. But I feel like I've met Andrea before. I feel like I've met Marta before, but I haven't, obviously not in this lifetime, maybe in some other life or some other galaxy, or maybe I was meant to meet them. It's It just feels you're really bonded together with people through adversity sometimes, but also through fun. Uh, and the perception that you have is like weirdly in Orison, big table, lots of about 60 people. 
and I sat next to this German girl. Uh, and so the way I deal with my social anxiety is I have a bit of a drink um, and then sort of, and, sort of bit, and then so said so, so this girl, oh, hello, I'm Stu, I'm from England. Sorry about Brexit. <laughs> jokey, jokey. Because uh, that, that went on for about two weeks. Uh, and then she was just like, hello, I am Marta from Germany. And then there's a big gap, nothing, nothing. And she wouldn't just wouldn't say anything. I was just like, she, she was she's 20 years old, walking the communal at 20. And it was, I was just like, okay. Uh, so then I turned to somebody else and started talking to them. And we got on, she was lovely. And, uh, and they were also part of the community for a bit, but then her dad died and, was, and she had to go home and she came back again. But I took a rock for her and her dad. So the whole different story. Um, but the, I finished in Fistera with Marta, the quiet German girl. We, we went all the way to the end. We kind of got, got uh, we split up for a bit because um, she needed some time to do some of it on her own. Uh, and then we both met up in Santiago with Andre uh, and then we finished off to the end. So I actually followed a German in like all of the way. So it wasn't just one German to Santiago, then just then Rebecca as well was also German. I don't know why I got on with so well with Precision Germans. Precision engineering. Yeah, totally. And I and I'm like the other end of kind of I am not efficient. So <laughs> it kind of it was a really good balance. It's like I'm kind of this sort of crazy eccentric guy. Uh, and I was really balanced out by these people who knew what they wanted, how fast they could go, where they wanted to go, and um, but not why they were doing it, interestingly. Uh up to well, some of them, some of them thought they knew why they were doing it, and then kind of got different ideas towards the end. Although Andrew definitely knew, then he definitely did the change. <laughs> um, I was going. What was I going to say? What What do you think? Because you, you've spoken about. I mean, I, for me personally, you know, I keep going back, and I know that a big part of it for me that makes it so special is the people. Would you say it? it's just the people or is it the infrastructure? Is it the setting? Is it the fact that you're walking through, what is it, you said God's urinal, all these strange, <laughs> amazing, what do you think makes it so special? What do you think has kept it going all these years and it's rising and rising in popularity? I mean, from your perspective. I think what makes it so special is, for me, from my perspective, is what it can do for you, or what are you. It's not what it can do for. You. It's also it's that that symbiosis isn't the right word. It's that exchange that what you can do for it, but also what it can do for you. The communal gives you what you give it, and vice versa. It's that exchanging of energy, for want of a better terminology, um, and for me that was that was the important thing it was kind of wasn't just because i went there thinking i need help, where i'm at in my life right now is i need to help to learn how to be strong as an individual um i need to be strong on my own and i can get through anything by myself and by about week two was like the lesson that i learned from that was like oh actually i've never really been alone and the strength that i've got is all around me i just have to hold my hand out and somebody and not even ask somebody will take a hold of my hand and show me the way forward somebody somebody will go there's an arrow over there or there's a there's a scallop shell or but i'm just using that as an, an analogy as um as a, a symbol uh and that's to me that sort of stuff i think that's one of the reasons why people 
there's miraculous moments like that. That's why people will go for it. I mean, lots of people go for different reasons. Um, I don't think I, I've met a number of people who keep going back and want to go back again. I don't think at this point right now that I want to go back. It might change in time. But right now I'm at a place where I'm going, I feel so close to the people that I've met on this journey that I don't want another set of people to change that for me. Um, as I, I, I love these people like deeply and, and they're, 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 a, they're a part of me now. They're a part of my heart. Uh, they're a part of my soul. I, I, I absolutely, I love them dearly and I don't want anything to spoil those memories. I mean, um, it was an astonishing thing to do. Um, and the, yeah, I, I, I don't, at this point, I'm not going to go back. Um, and your initial question was. <laughs> <laughs> I just got lost. You know, I'll be very honest. You talking about Camino friends has reminded me of, you know, my friendships of mm. saying goodbye to people, you know, this year in, you know, Santiago Square as they walked on to um, Fisterra. And then when I went back, you know, and did the Portuguese saying goodbye to people. And it's, it's hard. Mm. It really is hard. And it, that's, this was a question I was going to put to you later, but seeing as you're on the topic, I'll ask you about it. I'll pose it as a kind of maybe a controversial question, but mm -hmm. do you think we should warn new pilgrims about the, the very real Camino come down? Should yes. we warn them about how tough it is to, to reintegrate after say a month, five weeks of walking? Yeah, because that never gets talked about. Uh, and the last the last five weeks is not five. But the last two weeks has been very hard for me. It's been very difficult, and I know other people have been talking to. I think some people can deal with depending on their own how their brain is and how their their mind is and the spiritual practice, or if I have any or not. Um, the some people can deal with it really well. I think Andrew's dealt with coming home quite easily. I've found it really difficult because um, I mean I've just like certain things about waking up at home next to my partner going where am i and, and, and my body's kind of going okay why aren't you walking right now so i've been why having is no one snoring in my bedroom and yeah waking me up at 4 a.m yeah why isn't anybody annoying me rustling things and um <laughs> where's second breakfast <laughs> things like that. <laughs> yeah the famous second breakfast. yeah so there's a but it's been it's really it's been really quite tough it's only since i had a gig with my band um last saturday that I've been able to kind of just sort of readjust into a different version um, of myself because I feel like the Camino's changed me, um, but I'm also kind of going, I'm still Stu, I'm, I've still been had the experiences I've had before the Camino, but it really, I do think that people should be warned that this will change you, for, for, but for generally for the better. Um, it's... And become to terms with what the change is. I'm still at the beginning of that process, but I was just saying to my, to my partner last night that I'm now. When, so I was in, okay. So I was in Santiago, for example, in the in the cathedral, and the the one thing that just came to my head was like, I am an artist. I just I was like, okay, and so I was like, that's interesting because I mean I've had so many doubts about who I am and what I do. Mm. Um, from for my living for, for want of a better term um 
it, it's and, and in the past I've run myself into the ground with doing other jobs and I've but I've never neglected my art and my music and my creativity but it that has came at a cost to my mental health yeah. so and, and my physical health actually in some in some ways um because you do you have to do you have to cope in some ways but so you choose different coping mechanisms to deal with the fact that you will still be up at four o'clock in the morning creating because you've been at work all day doing something you don't want to do mm-hmm. um to make some money um and so what that what the community has been a really good thing for me is to kind of go actually just really go this is who you are you are a creative person this is what you're meant to do and this is why you work on the community to actually just go you're stronger than you think you are and you can do whatever it is that you want to do just keep going um so yes people should be warned to talk about you just mentioned just keep going were there ever obviously when you were smacking the crap out of the uh yeah. the pole with your walking sticks you you were in a bit of a tough place but did you ever think about quitting uh not, yes i did but i don't think entirely seriously mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a couple of points i was just kind of like Ugh. but i was so lucky to have andrea there um and because he was he was i didn't want that that was what if i had not met him and if i'd just been on my own because actually we made a promise quite early on going we, we will walk through the gates in santiago together we will go through that door together and having that promise with one other person really helped me kept going because it wasn't i wasn't no longer just doing it for me i was also doing it for him so having that so we were there to kind of like really push each other forward like and, and support each other mentally and physically so it was so i might at some point go i want to quit i want to quit but actually went no but i can't quit because he's my responsibility but i but i'm his responsibility as well so yeah um that was it was amazing that was a, quite a, quite an incredible thing and and now just to go a bit left field how did you uh, get on with the accommodation because it can be a real change for some people i mean i don't often sleep in a room with like 20 or 30 strangers and I, i'd imagine well, I can't comment on your bedroom uh, <laughs> setup, but it's it's very different for people. How it's, did you find it, and what did you? How did you make it work for you? Hate, 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 hate Alberghese. Hate them. Hate them. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. I hate them so much. Um, but yeah, I was just I just got used to the fact that, and, and also sometimes I just go right. I'm not going to get the sleep that I need. I'm, I know with my, my my ADHD stuff, I need more sleep. There were certain times where I started going like I did feel like I was starting to go a bit crazy because not getting the sleep that I needed to. Um, but on those on days like that, so Andrea and I were very lucky in the sense that we were very good with communicating with each other. So it was like, should we go? Should we find somewhere it's just me and you, uh, or maybe you, me, and Marta, or you, me, and and so we'll. So we're always good at finding. So sometimes we'd just find a room with three people. Um, and the other days where it's kind of like, okay, this one's not too bad. It's only got 20 people. It's okay. We can deal with that. And then just, but realize it's not going to be a great night. Um, so drink more wine. <laughs> That's that age of one. And were there any places that really stand out in your mind that were special where you stayed? Oh, actually, there was a whole, a kind of hotel sort of ish type of place. There was just nobody else in. There was me, Andre, 
uh, Christina and Tashi. And at that night, I had basically that a big flat screen TV, bed to myself, <laughs> Netflix. And that night, Andrew um, made, I can't say what he, the decision he made because he's not went through with that decision yet, but it's very exciting. Um, and he made it the decision that night. Uh, that was that was that was really beautiful. But for me, what really stood out was a nunnery. It might have been Leon, but I'm not sure. A nunnery is that? That's not. They don't sing with guitars, do they? No, uh, that was somewhere else. I did stay there, and um, they didn't like my Stranger Things T-shirt, which said Hellfire Club. Oh, <laughs> I didn't in Carry On Billis Condos, I think. That's the one. Yeah, yes, but I did stay there. Um, I hated that place. Not not not, <laughs> the, not not the nunnery, but the um the actual town itself. It just it felt really? weird. I don't know why I just didn't like it. It was the one place I was just like, I don't want to be here. It was, it was really odd. Um what did you think to the Mazitas? Oh, they, oh I, I love it. I, absolutely people it kept kept kind of talking them down, said it was it was really boring. I was like, actually, no. It was it gave me a space to to really think and to really contemplate um and to just sort of going well there's nothing challenging other than what's going on in my head and that's and that's what i'm here for well they talk about the camino is broken down into three main stages don't they so you've got the first major stage which is the body then you've got the mind which is the mazitas which is long and flat and you're just left with your thoughts and then you know the the heart the soul you know when you're getting into galicia and, and getting near to santiago did you did you find that you know it's an assault on your body then your mind and then your Art is reality draws near. Absolutely, it, it, it did every, everything it said on the tin. Basically, it was like, "Yep, <laughs> hurts, 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 hurts." Ooh, feel better now. <laughs> For those who are yeah listening, he's pointing to his legs, oh, yeah. his heart, and his, his noggin. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. And probably you know, so we're gonna have to wind this up. We've only got one minute forty. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is would you say it's kind of cost prohibitive? You know, for someone that maybe it doesn't have a lot of cash, could they get out there? Could they experience it? So in our little group, Marta, 20-year-old student, me, I'm a folk singer, uh, an artist, and Andre was a salesman for Vodafone. So you got three different sets of cash issues. Um, Marta managed to, to do it a lot cheaper by staying in albergues every, every time or donativos and buying food in supermarkets and cooking in the Dantibos. Um, I, I mean, Andre went out quite a bit, but we did pilgrim menus and wouldn't sort of do lots of food sometimes. And so, yes, occasionally we'd treat ourselves. So I think it's it's available for all budgets, really, for, for, for not all, but most. Great. And uh, this is the last minute. Any final thoughts on the Camino and you know, anything you'd like to say to the people listening? Uh, if you If your heart tells you to do it, listen listen yeah well and i'd say to add to your heart do it go for it when can we know brilliant thank you thank you for letting us uh, me us turn the tables and, and me to interview you okay. a pleasure what's your youtube channel quickly it's camino hacks and tips it's something that i'm slowly building mm -hmm.